Hello and welcome to Soul Talk with Rabbi David Aaron and Leora Mandel. Rabbi Aaron, during this challenging time, I feel like so many people are praying. This is a real time for prayer. And in certain ways, it almost seems to be, for many people, a natural response of feeling overwhelmed and feeling all this darkness and feeling like I need to turn to God. Obviously, some people have a hard time turning to God during this time, but there's been so many prayers keep on being said. And I'm trying to pray. I'm trying to connect. I'm trying to pray more. And I'm thinking about this is the response is to turn to God in prayer. But what exactly during this time period or any time we're turning to God in prayer, what are our prayers actually doing? What is the effect of our prayer? And I guess for myself, part of what I want to know is I want to be able to focus my prayers more and have, if I have more of an understanding of hopefully what what's happening with those prayers, I can actually increase their intensity. Right. Well, the first thing we need to clarify is the misunderstanding uh, that uh, the word prayer uh, has uh, been uh, unfortunately identified with. Mm. Uh, Prayer sounds like, first of all, the Latin word that prayer comes from is uh, a word that means to beg. And it gives off this vibe that we're begging God to change his mind and have pity on us and and be nicer, and that's a, that's a terrible understanding, and it's not what Judaism means. The Hebrew word that the word translated, the, the Hebrew word has that's been translated as prayer, and I think the word prayer doesn't do it justice, is the word lehit palel. The Hebrew word lehit palel actually is a verb that's in the reflexive. Reflexive means there's verbs that I'm doing something to somebody else. Like if I'm going to dress my son, but if I'm going to dress myself, when you have that tough sound, that T sound, it's saying that it's an act that you're doing to yourself. Is something that we're doing to ourselves. And um, now the question is, well, what are we doing to ourselves? We're paleling ourselves, lehit palel. question is, what does the word palel mean? And if you go into the Torah, uh, we find the word palel in the story where Yaakov, Jacob, is nearing his death. Yosef comes to see his father, knowing that these could be his last moments uh, before he leaves the world. And he asks for a blessing for his two children, Ephraim and Menashe. And Yaakov says, Lo palalti, I never paleled, so to speak, that I would have ever seen your face. And here I've been graced to see the face even of your children. So within the context of that sentence, what does palel mean? Hmm. And what what Rashi, the great commentary, explains it to mean is, I never filled my heart to think the thoughts that I would ever see you again. In other words, palel is uh, an act of filling my heart to think thoughts that I might be afraid to think of, that I wouldn't think uh, is reasonable to think of. It's it's a form of dreaming, uh, anticipating, envisioning. And so lahit palel is really an act where I am self-inducing, I'm filling my heart to think thoughts of peace, of, of healing, of of prosperity and how, what does that got to do with God? Uh, just everything. You see, when we mit palel to God, what we're really doing is 
for instance, when it comes to health, we're by addressing God and asking of God for health, we're acknowledging that God is the source of health. By articulating our request for health, we are expressing that we want health. And the more we truly believe God is the source of health and the more we really want health for the right reason, the more we're able to download God's blessings for health into the world. And that's why the blessing ends in the present sense, blessed be you who is healing Israel. God is always healing Israel. The question is, is that healing penetrating into the world as we experience it and perceive it? And so it's kind of like we've talked about this before. It's kind of like a radio in the room right now. There's music playing, but I don't hear that music because I don't have a radio that's turned on or to, and tuned in. If I'm turned on but not tuned in, I'm just going to hear noise. I don't get the music. And so most people think that what they're trying to do when they pray is they're trying to get God to want what they want. And actually, Lahit Palel is to try and get us to want what God wants. And God wants healing in the world. Why is there no healing in the world? Uh, or why is there not as much healing as we'd like to see? Is we're blocking it out because we're not recognizing God as being the source of the healing. And we're not wanting it for the right reasons. So when we're praying for peace and we're, we're praying for peace, uh, what we realize is Baruch Hashem. Blessed are you, Hashem, who is, he, who is blessing his people with peace. Well, right now there doesn't seem to be any peace. Well, that's because we blocked out the presence of God's peace in the world. Uh, and now we have to work really hard to acknowledge God as the root of peace, demonstrate our genuine, sincere desire for that peace, and the more we believe it and the more we want it, the more we can actually download it, tune into it and receive it in our lives. Hmm. So if I'm understanding correctly, because this is really so fascinating to me, and I'm sure so many of us listening, uh, the prayers that we're saying are to sort of give us a certain perspective and tuned into the mindfulness, I call it almost like a mindfulness of that God is the source of all. And that the more I'm actually, even though it's a thought, or integration into my being of that awareness, the more I'm aware of that, the more that can become a reality. In our lives. In our lives. Imagine yourself as a radio and you're hearing noise. Why are you hearing noise? Everywhere around you is noise because you're not tuned into the channel. When we align our wills with God's will, when we align our vision with God's vision, we are able to channel God's vision and will and blessings into this world. And so it's not that we have to change God. Most people think that prayer is, is trying to change God and get him to want what I want. Actually, Palel is to change ourselves and get us to want what God wants. And when you go into the Jewish prayers, the Jewish prayers really tell us what is it that God wants. And, you know, God doesn't want this war. Right. He wants peace. He doesn't want war. So why is there war? You know, he doesn't want sickness. He wants health. So why is there sickness? Because we don't want it. You know, people are saying, well, how could God do this to us? I'm wondering whether God isn't saying, how could you do this to me? You know, you threw me out of the world, you know, and, and when you throw me out of your perceptual world by 
by fighting amongst each other and having and, and talking about possible civil war between yourselves, then then you couldn't truly believe that I am present. Because if you did, you wouldn't talk to each other that way. You wouldn't look at each other that way. You wouldn't treat each other that way. But if you are doing that, then simply you are you're throwing me out of the world. And when you throw me out of the world, then there's a vacuum which allows for this evil to penetrate inside. Hmm. And so people think God did this to us. But actually, we did this to us because we blocked the presence of God's peace and God's providence from our lives. Wow. So then, meaning there's an aspect of prayer, which is changing the way I think to be more in attunement or in attunement, hopefully, ideally with what God wants for the world. Does that need to manifest? I guess once that I'm in the more in a mind space of attunement, then the hope would be that that would also change the way I behave. And especially right. in, the, in the topic of peace, if I'm showing more a sense of unification among brothers, uh, going out of my comfort zone to include other people, even if they think or act differently than I do, then that will have a, that say that that would then have a, an effect of bringing more peace into the world at large, even though I'm just a microcosm of that. There's two, there's two steps. One okay. is to acknowledge that God is the root of all peace. And the other one is to genuinely want that peace. You know, if a person says, you know, please, I want peace. And they pray, pray, pray. And they, they wiggle back and forth in their prayer and they roll their eyes in the back of their heads and they look like they're so attentive. And then afterwards, they're not very peaceful with their families or brothers mm. or sisters or parents or their colleagues. Well, do you really want peace? If a person says, please, I really want health. I really want health. And then after they pray, they want health. They go eat a meal that is a food that is <laughs> that is clearly not healthy food. Do you really want health? Um, so, so the way we tune into God's blessings and align our vision and our will with his vision and his will is by acknowledging that God uh, wants peace, that God is the source of peace, that God's presence is the presence of peace, and to want it and really, really, really want it. So you're making me, uh, giving me clarity on why it's so important to say prayers that the sages have made that are in the Siddur, in the prayer book, because uh, they've been passed down. When I read those prayers, then I'm really getting a sense of what is it that God wants, and then I need to align myself with what God wants. I'm realizing, though, but when I say a personal prayer, which I know we're encouraged to do as well, I can be asking for what I want, which may not actually be what God wants. So how do I make sure I'm staying in alignment with what God wants? Well, you know what? Uh, uh, you know, before I got married, the months as we uh, counted down towards the wedding, I would pray every day, three times a day. And I would pray that, you know, all would go well for the wedding and, you know, it would be a joyous event. However, if for some reason I've made a mistake, God, let me know. <laughs> and uh, and so I, I don't force what I want on God. Mm. So every single day, even, even an hour before the wedding, I was at the coattail and said, you know, please God, you know, bless my marriage and bless this wedding. And it should be a joyous event and an inspiration for everyone who participates. But if I'm making mistake and I shouldn't be getting married to Hannah, let me know, even if it's an hour before, even if everybody's waiting for me at the hall, even though I will look like a complete fool, 
you know, I surrender my will to you. I have my will, but it's always rooted in the condition that this is what you want. Mm. So that's actually a very important element when we're saying personal prayers is to, there's, it has to be that humility to that's say, right. and, and realization that sometimes we're asking God for what I want. That may not be what God wants. So to make sure we're asking God to help us that our will be his will. Exactly. So it seems as though it's so essentially important to know what I'm saying when I'm praying because of the fact that that's how I'm changed. I'm supposed to be changed by these prayers. And yet I think so many prayers that are in Hebrew, not everyone necessarily knows what they're saying when they say those prayers. Obviously, there can be translations. People should are encouraged to understand what they're saying. But does do I really actually need to make sure I understand what I'm saying when I say a prayer? If someone just says a prayer from the prayer book but doesn't quite know what they're saying, does that still have its effect? Okay. Well, that's a great segue to a commercial about my book on prayer. I wrote a book <laughs> called uh, Soul Powered Prayers. So they, they, I go through the essential text of the, the core text of the prayer book, which is called the Amida, which really lays out what is it that we as Jews want to keep, you know, foremost in our minds and deepest in our hearts. Uh, so, yeah, there's no question that if you're asking Hashem for something and you don't know what it is that you're asking for, then the power of that is less. But on the other hand, uh, the fact that I surrender myself to the Jewish people and I say, look, whatever the rabbis, you know, uh, determined was important that I should be asking, I surrender my will. I don't understand. I don't know what it is, but I know whatever it is that they're asking for. I want to be part of that. Uh, that also has an effect, but obviously not as powerful as if you actually understood what you were saying and say it and mean it. Hmm. So then so ultimately- I, I want to make very clear, I don't want to discourage people from praying because they don't understand what they're praying. There's still hmm. a very important value in becoming part of the Jewish people and linking myself up to the vision and the values of the Jewish people as it's embodied in this prayer book. Uh, and that itself is, a, is, is very important and beneficial. But it certainly would be even better if we knew what we're saying and say it from that place of meaning. So then if I'm understanding this correctly, it sounds like at the very base level, just saying these words and connecting to the words that were established for prayer has an effect. But then yes. the more mindful I am, it's almost like the energy of that prayer, I guess I'm trying to visualize this, can get more potent, meaning there's an effect of some sort. Exactly. But if I say the words, know what I'm saying, but not thinking about it much, that's also maybe there's some that that prayer does something, but its potency is more minimal. But the more I'm immersed in that level of mindfulness of what I'm saying and integrating what I'm saying into myself, the more potent that prayer is. Yes, absolutely. Intentionality is, you know, de it depends on your intention. But, you know, a person could get up and say the prayers like a robot and not say or, or not be aware in their minds like these are the prayers of the Jewish people. These are the prayers that embody what we want to believe in, what we do believe in, what is what is, uh, you know, essential to us. I don't exactly know what's written here, but whatever's written here, I want to be part of that. Hmm. That's uh, that's still uh, a level. But the person just gets up and doesn't have any thought and never even they just do it because they did it and because everybody else is doing it. That's uh, they got to do something about that. It's not going to be an incredibly effective prayer. Now, what's so interesting, even though there's the prayer book with the prayers that are three times a day, even during the week, it seems though during troubled times and challenged times, the prayers that people tend to go to is the Psalms, the Tehillim by King David, which were all personal prayers and expressions of his own struggles. 
is there a certain power of transformation that comes in connecting to those prayers as well? Yeah, but I do want to clarify. There's a lot of uh, Tehillim, a lot of Psalms in the prayer book itself. Ah, true. Uh, you know, so it's not like uh, it's either this or that. But there are certain prayers, pray, uh, Psalms that we say when we're in, in very stressful places. And how is it that something that King David wrote could be so effective and so, uh, and, and we so many years later identify with it? Because King David's prayers are not just about him as an individual. It's about him as someone who's very tuned into the Jewish people in general. So, so you know, sometimes you could say, well, it's very nice. I'm reading his prayers. No, his prayers are written with an eye for all of us, with an identification with all of us. And so, and, you know, and um, so, yeah, it's very, those are very powerful psalms. Mm. And one of the factors to me that does seem to be so powerful is that, and this really ties into what you're saying prayer is all about, is that no matter what King David is going through, and he can be going through very difficult times, or he can be going through joyous times, he br- he connects to God. He brings God into that picture. Yes. And yeah. as you're saying yeah. before, that's the essential element of prayer is to remind ourselves that whatever we're going through or whatever we want to be changed in the world, bringing God into the picture is where where the power comes. That's right. See, most people think that prayer is a passive thing where I'm saying, God, you take care of this. There's nothing I can do. And it sounds like prayer is basically reserving and uh, that I, you know, just, just, I, there's nothing I could do. So I'll pray. No, one of the most powerful things you could do is to pray because the more you acknowledge that God is a God of peace and the more you know that that's what God wants and the more you want what God wants, the more the presence of God is channeled in the world hmm. through that, through that filah, through that prayer. And then I'd say, if we want to know what God wants, then a good way to know is to pay attention to the prayer book and see what it is we're supposed to be praying for, because what it is that I'm supposed to be praying for would then be an indication is that is what God wants. And then I can try to integrate more in alignment of where am I maybe lacking in some of these areas of what God does want and try to integrate that more. Uh, that's what's so brilliant about what's called the Shemona Esrei, the 18 benedictions. It is brilliant. It really captures the essence. If you, you know, if you were dating someone, you want to know what they want, what are their values, what are their vision. Mm. If you really want to know what Judaism is about, then study the prayer book, the Shemona mm. Esrei, the 18 benedictions. And to aid in that, we can uh, get your book, Rabbi Aaron, where you really go in a more thorough explanation of it. So prayer really should be a transformative experience. I should be changed through the process of prayer. But when I change myself, what you're saying, the power of prayer is that it actually has an effect of going on to change the world in terms of being in more alignment with God, what God's will is. So I want, I recognize the power of prayer now way more than ever. I think many of us listening are going to have a lot more of a channeling and a power to our prayers now that we understand the potential that every single prayer we say can have. I want to thank you all for joining us. Soul Talk, Rabbi David Aaron and Leora Mandel.